0: In the book of Hebrews, we're marching our way through, and we are in chapter 5, verse 11. And I'm going to read this morning, chapter 5, verses 11 to 12. And we won't cover that whole passage. It will take a few weeks to preach through it. But this is, I think, the next unit or section. And really it goes from 4.14 all the way to chapter 10, verse 19 or 22. But there are some smaller units. So let me read this unit this morning. Chapter 5, verse 11. Concerning him, we have much to say. It is hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you have need again for someone to teach you the elementary principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk, not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is not accustomed to the word of righteousness, for he is an infant. But solid food is for the mature, who because of practice have their senses trained to discern good and evil. Therefore, leaving the elementary teaching about Christ, let us press on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of instruction about washing and laying on of hands, and the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. And this we will do, if God permits. For in the case of those who have once been enlightened, and have tasted of the heavenly gift, and have been made partakers of the Holy Spirit, and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come, and then have fallen away, it is impossible to renew them again to repentance. Since again they crucified to themselves the Son of God and put him to open shame. For a ground that drinks the rain which often falls on it and brings forth vegetation useful to those for whose sake it is tilled receives a blessing from God. But if it yields thorns and thistles, it is worthless and close to being cursed and ends up being burned. But, beloved, we are convinced of better things concerning you and things that accompany salvation, though we are speaking in this way. For God is not unjust so as to forget your work in the love which you have shown toward his name, and having ministered and still ministering to the saints. And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence so as to realize the full assurance of hope until the end, so that you would not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit The promises. Lord, as we come to your very word, this external written revelation of God, we pray, Lord, that you would give us ears to hear. And we ask this for Christ's sake. Amen. Grow up. Have you ever heard that spoken to you before? Grow up. I've heard that several times in my life. Even probably in my 40s and 50s, I've had somebody say to me, grow up. For example, have you ever... Kids, I don't recommend you doing this. Have you ever stuck french fries up your nose and pickles in your eyes? Have you ever done that? I thought most... Maybe it's most guys. Maybe it's just me. But I have done that probably each decade in my life. If you saw me do that, you would probably say to me, Tom, grow up. Or, what is fascinating to me is when my children were young, they loved to eat green peas. that were just smooshed down. They couldn't get enough of smushed green peas. Now, if I tried to serve that to my kids, that wouldn't go over too well. What about if for lunch we put up a table and the ladies worked so hard all week preparing lunch for us and they serve it and it's just crushed green peas smushed down or maybe they just bring baby food in a jar. I would be tempted to say to them grow up or look I'm a grown up I don't want that kind of food there is a, also a spiritual Christian sense in which all of us need to grow up, to mature, and to believe and to act in a way that is more godly, mature in godliness. And really, that's what this passage is about. It's about growing up. And if you saw me... And I was just, let's say, just wearing a diaper. My wife is laughing. Or any adult, you would think that something would be what? Either physically wrong or mentally wrong. You would think that something would be off. That something could be dangerous for that individual. That's what this passage is saying. That there is a sense in which all of us need to grow up. But there's also a sense in which the need to grow up, it comes to a place where you're behaving in a way that is dangerous. There's one sense in which a a toddler or, or an infant may take a fork and try to put it into a socket. That's expected in a sense, right? But if an adult did that, then you would think something is wrong with that individual. That individual needs some kind of help. That's what this passage is about. That there's a sense in which if you're not growing as a Christian, something is wrong and potentially it could be dangerous. So I think we can say it this way. Grow up in Christ, otherwise you're going to put yourself in a dangerous position. Grow up in Christ, otherwise you're going to put yourself in a dangerous position. And this passage is going to give us three directions on how to do this, on on how to grow up. Now, of course, when we look at this passage, there is a famous section of this passage that deals with apostasy, and it can be hard to understand, chapter 6, verses 4 through 8 about following away from the Lord. And there's been much ink, lots of papers, books, sermons, classes on on this section of Scripture. But as we approach this passage, that is not primarily what this section is about. Primarily this section, chapter 5, 11 through 12, is primarily about growing up. And if you don't grow up, then there is their potential to drift away, to apostatize. Now, if you look at verse 11, it says toward the end, you have become dull of hearing. Your version might say sluggish. If you look at chapter 6, verse 12, it says so that you would not be sluggish. Same word, dull of hearing or sluggish of hearing. And 5.11 is the same word that's in chapter 6, verse 12, so that you would not be sluggish, or that you would not be dull, or that you would not be lazy, that you would not be lazy of hearing, that you would not lack energy. So beginning this passage, and the end of this passage, you have the same word about being dull. Dull of hearing, dull toward the word of God. And then right in the middle in chapter 6 verse 1, it says, let us press on to maturity, to completeness. So you have these bookends, don't be dull, don't be dull, don't be sluggish, don't be sluggish, but rather press on, press forward, press into maturity. That is grow up. Because... As a believer, if I'm not going forward, then I'm going backward. If I'm not growing up, I could be going down. And going down as a Christian, is, as, as a professing Christian, is it, not good. Potentially, it's very dangerous, as this passage talks about in chapter 6, verses 4 to 8. So again, the main theme is not apostasy, but grow up so you don't apostatize, grow up so you don't drift away from Christ and become capsized in your faith. The first direction we're going to look at this morning, and that's verses 11 to 14. And the first direction is this, view lazy listening as infantile, view lazy listening as infantile. Not actively listening to the Word of God, whether it's a sermon, whether you're reading your Bible and not actively involved in what you're reading or hearing, at best you're behaving like a baby, a spiritual baby. If I'm not involved with hearing God's Word as I study and as I preach, then, then at best I am spiritually immature. Which is not good. There's a difference between a new Christian and an immature Christian. Being an immature Christian is bad, being a new Christian is good. Being a baby Christian, everybody's been a baby Christian at one point in their life, but being an immature Christian, that's not a good place to be in. And that's what the Holy Spirit is addressing in this passage. And first, he says, view lazy listening to the Word of God as infantile. Not just that you're a baby Christian, but that you're acting immature. You should be more mature than that. Now, this problem is is stated in our text as dull. I would describe it here as Lazy listening. It's what I mentioned earlier in verse 11, dull of hearing, or chapter 6, verse 12, that you would not be sluggish. But there is this surface problem. You can look at chapter 5, verse 11. Concerning him, we have much to say. That is, Melchizedek, the writer wants to tell them more about how Christ is in the same order of Melchizedek, that Jesus is supreme and he's sufficient, and how that corresponds to But before he does that, he has to stop and go over some things with them because they're just not as spiritually mature as they need to be. So he says it's hard to explain. They can't understand some things, and it's not necessarily because it's complicated. It's because of the condition that these professing believers are in. There are some hard things to understand in Scripture, certainly, But oftentimes, something can be hard, not because it's complicated, but because we have hardened hearts. And that's what the Spirit of God is saying to these believers. And you can see verse 9, the writer is convinced that these people are actually going to press on and pursue God and to grow up. But in order to get them there, he gives them these warnings in order to encourage them through this rebuke. And so first he says, there are some things I'd like to talk to you about, but it's hard to talk t- to you about them because that's not that they're so complicated. It's because of the condition of your own heart. And then he goes into the, the real problem, the deeper problem. In a sense, you have become dull of hearing. That is, they are plagued by a... night. Negligent listening ear, dull of hearing. It's not the idea of that they're hearing impaired, but it's really the idea of a, a lazy ear. The word is dull, it's the idea of being sluggish. It was used in script not in scripture. It's only this word's only used twice here and in six nine, but it was used in secular Greek as an employee who would not obey his boss, and the boss would say, he has his fingers in his ears, and so he's lazy. Right? You've Maybe you've done that. You've had kids that, that do that. They just stick their fingers in their ears when you're talking to them. I can't hear you. This word was used to describe that type of condition. Even it was a medical term. Again, this word, dole, physicians would use it to describe somebody that had no energy that they were lacking energy. And here it's used of hearing. So somebody that lacks energy, when the word of God is being preached and being declared, it's just this, Uh, I really don't have what it takes to listen to this sermon. It's going to be long. It's going to be boring. It might be complicated. Uh, I got to listen to this? Come on. And it's reflecting, really, an attitude of the heart. And that's why it's this dole of hearing. That's why even in Scripture, uh, both in the Gospels, like Luke 8, but if you read Revelation chapters 2 and 3, at the end of each letter to the church, what does Jesus say? Let him who has, let him hear. And it's the same point here, is that these professing believers in this church, and he he does believe that, most of them are believers and that they are saved and they are going to grow in Christ, but they've gotten to a place in their life where they're not actively engaged when they hear the word or when they're reading the, the word of God. That is, these believers, and it can happen to us, they can be, you can be full of energy. Okay, got it. Excuse me. And so you check your text. I have to check Facebook. I have to check all my social media, my emails. Okay, okay. You now, tons of energy, but then when you hear somebody preach, what am I going to do today after church? Got to do this. Got to make plans, and like you're forming a whole story, a whole narrative of what you're going to do or what already happened outside of the sermon. I'm not saying that you should listen to me. What this is saying. What this text is saying is that when the word is preached, you should be listening to the voice of God that's in the word. Or when you're reading your Bible, we can just read it like it's just a black and white print and just read it and set it down and treat it like it's a lucky charm. I've read my passage. Now God's going to bless me and I'm done. Bless me, God, because I read black words on a page and you've, you, know, you haven't really rubbed it like this, but you've read it like that, you know it's like, let me just rub it on my head. Like Somehow, if you do that, then you're going to be blessed. This is the subjective word of God that's written in sentences. And so we have to work hard to pay attention to what's being said in the word, and then to what's being preached, to receive it, to digest it into our hearts. And so here the Spirit of God is saying these people are actually are dull. It's this lazy ear, sluggish to really listen to the Word of God that's being preached to them. If you are at work and your boss told you to, to, to do something and you didn't listen to them, would your boss be, be happy with you? No, I've had bosses. And if I didn't do what they said, even in India I had a boss. And if I didn't do what he said, I'd get in trouble. (laughs) I had to listen. Most of you here are parents, what if you were talking to your kids? And I look forward to this day when I teach my children how to drive. If you teach your children and you say when you pull out into an intersection, into a street, you look left, you look right, but then you also have to. Look left again before you pull out. What if your kids were just like, just looking around? What would happen? Would you be upset with that? Not only would you be upset in terms of they should pay attention to their mom or dad, but you would be what? Deeply concerned that if they don't listen in order to follow what you're saying, then that could be potentially what? Dangerous. And that's what the Holy Spirit is saying to these people. And I'm I'm not saying that I have the voice of God. I'm saying that this book is the voice of God. And so we need to, with discerning ears, listen to what's being said, perceive what is good, digest it, and seek to get closer to Christ through it. So when you read your Bible or you hear the word being preached, Are you paying attention? The word of God, it says in Deuteronomy, is not a trifle. It is your very life. And there is a sense, and I think even you see this in the book of Hebrews, if we're not careful, we can listen to a sermon in terms only of theology. Let me get the theology of this sermon. When really it is what later this passage talks about, of word of righteousness. We don't want to listen just to grow in our accumulation of theological knowledge, but for repentance and for confession and for change and for comfort in order that we may become more and more like Jesus. So first here is this direction of view lazy listening as infantile. And first he identifies their problem and says you're dull of hearing. But then this problem is exemplified he says in verse 12, because they can't teach, but they must be taught the ABCs of Christianity. This problem of lazy listening, and it's like being infantile. We'll see later he uses the word infant in verse 13, in the pictures of milk, not solid food, in verse 12. But this is exemplified, it's shown, it's displayed By these professing believers, which, again, he says, he's convinced they are believers. Most of them are going to pursue the Lord. But by this time in their Christian life, they should be teaching others, but they themselves need to be taught the very basics of Christianity. Look at verse 12, and you'll note he says, the the, the elementary principles of the oracles of God. That first word in this phrase, uh, um, elementary, that word, really, its if you have a letter or a word by it and look in your margin, it may say the ABCs or the alphabet. That This word meant the ABCs, the alphabet principles of the oracles of God. What are these oracles of God? Well, it's part of what we went over this morning when it talks about that the Lord gave revelation to Jeremiah and it was written down, Moses and it had to be written down. So here, for though by this time you are to be people that are teaching others, you yourself need to go back to the very ABCs of the Word of God. Even the, the very ABCs of who God is of who Christ is, of who you are, of how to be saved. Now, he's not saying here that everybody should be a a pastor, but what he is saying is that every Christian, in some sense, should be teaching others. And we see this in the Bible. We see this, for example, in Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. Let the word of Christ richly draw within you with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. There's a sense in which all of us teach one another through our singing, through the course of life, sharing things that God has taught us in his word or through our, our life experiences. But here, this text is saying that these beloved people, they're not able to do that. Rather, they have to learn who God is, who Christ is, about what it means to be saved. Now, there are people that are lost and they need to hear the gospel truth. This is not what this is talking about. There are new Christians that maybe have been saved for a couple of months and they need to grow in their faith, but that's not their fault. They've, they've just been saved. No, this is talking about people that have been saved for a while, for an extended period of time. That's why it says in verse 12, by this time you ought to be teachers. They've had enough time to understand that that God is one, that he's holy, that he's righteous, that he's sovereign, that he's gracious, that he's loving, that that nothing's too difficult, that he's a forgiving God. They've had time to learn those truths. They've learned, they've had time to understand even about faith that you're saved by faith alone, not not by works. They have had time to understand who Christ is. That He's God, but yet also man. And maybe that's why chapters one and two were written in Hebrew, because chapter one in Hebrews chapter one is there's so much here about Christ Jesus being God, and then chapter two in Hebrews there's so much about Jesus Christ being man maybe the writer of hebrews is feeling he needs to go over these principles again because they they are not really stable in their understanding about some of these basic ideas and these basic things there's a difference between in other words of going forward through the basics right we we never leave the the basics the fundamentals but we need to be go we need to be going forward on them and through them versus going back because you never truly received and embraced them. We want to go back and review the the basics all the time. But these individuals, it seems, did not fully receive and embrace and understand them. And that's not good. That can be harmful. And so he says, you have come to need milk then and And not solid food. This may remind you of 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. I'm not sorry, uh, chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual men, but as to men of flesh, as to infants in Christ. I gave you milk to drink, not solid food, for you are not yet able to receive it. Indeed, even now you're not, Yet able, for you are still fleshly. For since there is jealousy and strife among you, you are are, are you not fleshly? And are you not walking like mere men? And the letter to the Corinthians, Paul says that they were like infants because they were bickering with one another and, and arguing and had this strife and and they, they were being selfish and, and jealous. And so he had to talk to them like they were just toddlers or infants, you know, very very babyish. Well, in the letter to the Hebrews, to these believers that came out of a Jewish background, he's saying, here, I have to write to you like your babies, not because they were bickering with one another, but because they were having a hard time with seeing that Jesus Christ was supreme and sufficient, that he's the best. And that they were being tempted to forsake him and to go back to... Uh, an outdated, man-centered religion. And so he's writing to them and saying, you need to go back to the, the very basics. And in some ways that can be good, but for them, it showed that they were not at a good point in their Christianity. They were not at a good point in their life. It was a type of self-inflicted malnourishment. Because it says in verse 11, you become dull of learning. It wasn't because they didn't have good Bible teachers. It wasn't because they didn't have the resources. It was because when the word was preached, or it was read to them, they just refused to listen. They weren't paying attention. Whether it was daydreaming, whatever it was, whether it was being preoccupied. Maybe they brought a bag of scrolls, and so they were reading some other scrolls during the sermon, whatever it might have been. But they weren't paying attention to the Word of God as it was read or was preached to them. And so they weren't actively engaged as listeners and had not fully received and embraced those basic truths of Christianity. For example, perhaps though this text doesn't say this, and this way, but to some degree it does. Think of the five solas. Scripture alone, God's glory alone, faith alone, grace alone, Christ alone. They were having issues with Christ alone and faith alone. That's why I think you have Hebrews chapter 11. is all about faith. What is faith? How does faith work? Here's some examples of faith. And then faith is ultimately chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, especially chapter 12, verse 2, fixing your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfector of faith. So it seems that even these rudimentary basics of Christianity, they had a hard time with. Now again, if they were brand new believers, that would be expected. But a considerable length of time had gone by. And they should be growing up as, as believers, but they were not. And so this writer is saying, you're placing yourself in a dangerous position. Why a dangerous position? Well, verse 14 says, it's the mature that can discern between good and evil. It's those, chapter 6, verse 1, that are pressing on to maturity, that are growing in Christ, that are not going to drift away from Christ. Chapter 2, verses 1-4, through four, he said, Don't drift away from this great salvation that you have in Jesus. But if you're not growing up, then you're going down and you're placing yourself in a position where you could leave Jesus. Yes, once saved, God will keep you saved. But being saved is demonstrated by going forward or growing up in Christ, even if it's slow. We're not talking about having to grow fast and comparing yourself to some, you know, some other preeminent Christian person. Just grow a little bit in Christ is better than not growing at all in Christ. And so, first he says, under this first direction, view lazy listening is infantile. First, he said, this is the problem. It's really being sluggish when when you're hearing the word. You're not actively engaging yourself into it. Uh, But second, an example of this is that a a believer should, every single believer, after, let's say, a couple of years, this text doesn't say a couple of years, right? It depends upon each person and the providence of God. But eventually, every Christian should be a little mini theologian. Right? And, and you are. Every Christian is a mini-theologian. But you should be a good mini-theologian. An accurate mini-theologian. So every, so if there's an unbeliever or a young Christian, and they have a question, then you can answer it. And I, I'm encouraged, because I think, and not all of you, but for many of you, I could the elders could say, we want you to go to Templinira, India, and teach them the doctrine of God. And I would have no problem with many of you doing that. Because you're mature in Christ. And you're a many theologian And you can go and and teach the Word. I would have no problem with that. (laughs) But these believers were in a place where there was apparently a, a considerable size of them where they could not do that. And it was because they weren't paying attention to the Word. Now, Third, in terms of underneath view lazy listening as infertile, now he gets to really this problem. And he talks about at the end of verse twelve, you've come to need milk and not solid food. Now to my mind what comes up is first Peter chapter two verses one through three. But these are Different perspectives, different points. First Peter chapter two, verses one through three. Therefore, putting aside all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander, like newborn babies, long for the pure milk of the word, so that by it you may grow in respect to salvation. This is different, different point than Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12, where it says, you have come to need milk and not solid food. Because when the Bible says that, it means that as a type of a rebuke. But First Peter chapter 2, verse 2, commands us, even as mature believers, like newborn babies long for the pure, mil- for the pure milk of the word. First Peter chapter 2 is saying that every believer should be a baby in one sense. A baby would just cry, just cry. And I can't mouth the words, but at you know 2 a.m. I want my milk. We should have that kind of attitude for the word. I want the word. And if I don't get the word of God, I'm gonna cry about it. Give me the word. And so you want the word of God, this insatiable appetite. I have to have God's word. Not by entertained by your favorite preacher, but I want the word the written word of God in your heart. Whereas Hebrews chapter 5, 11 is saying, don't be like a baby in the sense where you don't even fully, you haven't really embraced and received that Jesus can be God and man, or that God is holy and punishes sin, but is loving at the same time, or that God is sovereign over all. These basic things you haven't, come to grips yet. Come to grips with yet. And so I have to give you milk until you're ready for the more solid things. I think you could say it this way. It's dangerous to stay a baby. If there was an individual, you know, human, and they never grew up, but they stayed just a baby, you know, that size... Maybe that mental aptitude, you would say that, unfortunately, that, that individual has a serious problem. It's the same way spiritually. Staying a baby Christian is a problem. Being a baby Christian is not a problem. That happens to all of us. Staying a baby Christian is immature, and that's a problem. And potentially dangerous. And then now he's going to give another example. He's going to exemplify again what this lazy listening can do. And we see this in verses 13 and 14. Additionally, this problem is further exemplified by lack of application of the word. So verses 11 to 14, the writer is saying, view lazy listening as infantile. He tells us what the problem is, dull of hearing. He gives us the first example. These beloved individuals can't teach the, the basics of Christianity to anybody. That's a problem. But then second, they themselves don't apply the Bible. That's another problem. And that's a symptom of being immature or or being infants. So let's just look at verses 13 to 14 together. And there are these contrasts. Look at verses 13 and 14 and note these contrasts. Verse 13, it talks about milk. Verse 14, solid food. Verse 13 says at the end, for he is an infant. Verse 14 says... But solid food is for the mature. Now, each of these terms, infant and mature, and the New Testament text is stressed. It's placed in front of the verb. You could read it, but solid food is for the mature. Verse 13, for he is an infant. So, verse 13 and 14, you have these contrasts, even of not accustomed to the word of righteousness, versus verse 14, because of practice, have their senses trained to discern good and evil. So you have all these contrasts. And also, what you have stressed is the contrast between the mature and the infant. This is written in such a way to help us to see that there's a difference between those that actively listen to the word of God Versus those that are lazy listeners to the Word of God, there is a difference. And first, for those that don't actively listen to the Word of God, look at verse 13, they're not accustomed to the word of righteousness. That is, they're not experienced to the Word of righteousness. That is, this word, the the Bible, That is righteous. Psalm 119 verse 172, 173 describes God's word as being righteous. This is a righteous word. It is consistent with the character of God. It reveals the righteousness of God and it calls us to a righteous standard. It, It tells us how to be right with God. That is, we get right with God not through our own efforts, but through Christ, by faith alone, Romans 4, 5. We're not justified by our works. God justifies us by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. And then after that, we are called to live righteously. That's why Hebrews 5, 13 says, these believers are not accustomed. That is, they're not experienced with this Bible that tells us how to get right with God and then how to live rightly For God. Why? Because they're babies. Many years ago, when I was, I think, 21, I was taking care of the Bruce's first child, Victoria Ann Bruce. And i have forgotten how old she was. Maybe she was four months or six months. And I decided that I really wanted to do a good job, so I made a pancake, sausage, orange juice breakfast and chopped it all up, put lots of syrup on it, and then gave it to her. (laughs) needless to say she was not her digestive insides were not accustomed to eating that kind of food and so it made her rather sick and I got in trouble from her parents when her parents came home that is the idea here behind where it says they can only have milk because they're not accustomed to the word of righteousness because they're infants what the text is saying is that these Christians, because they've been Christians for so long, but haven't welcomed and actively listened to what has been taught, when they hear about how to behave and act in a certain situation, they're not able to do it. It doesn't come out right, and their understanding are their actions, and so they make all kinds of mistakes because they really weren't listening to the sermons. They just sat there. Almost like if... You or I just sit down and hear a sermon. But we're not thinking about it. That somehow, and God may, but somehow I'm, I'm just going to get holy If I just come and sit down, I've done my duty. And now God's going to bless me because I went to church and I heard this long sermon. And so now God's going to bless me. Well, this passage is saying that's, that's not how it works. Don't be a dullard. You have to open up your. Let him who has ears. Let him. Let her who has ears. Let the one that has ears, listen. Not necessarily simply, or necessarily to the preacher, but to the text that is being expounded. And verse thirteen is saying that a, an infant, that is an immature Christian, who should be more mature because they haven't thought through the implications of the sermon. Maybe they're too concerned about critiquing the sermon than they are critiquing their life by the sermon. And so they have not grown in Christ. And so then when they're in a difficult situation, they don't respond right to it. That situation just makes them sick. It hurts them. Now, contrasted to this is verse 14. But the mature person, it doesn't mean perfect, but that person that is growing in Christ, that person, though they fall, they rise, they may go one step forward, they take two steps back. Maybe they take two steps back, but then they go three steps forward. That person that is seeking and pressing on to know Jesus Christ, because of practice, have their senses trained. And this word trained we get our word, it's from our word, well, we get our word from the Greek word, gymnasium. That's the basic Greek word that's used there. And, and the different situations of life, that person that has listened to the word and their quiet times, they've read the word attentively during the preaching that they hear, they receive it and digest it and think through its implications then when there's a certain situation in life, they're able, look at verse 14, they're able to discern what's right and what's wrong. By the word of righteousness, they're able to discern what's right and what's wrong in this situation and then to make the right choice. And they do this over and over and over and over again throughout life. And so, by having all these opportunities, they seize opportunities to do the right thing, they work hard and they train hard, and they end up Choosing, not always, but often choosing the right course of action and so they grow. That's what verse 14 is saying. I've had very, very limited self-defense, uh, classes th- throughout the years and always, I shouldn't say always, normally what's said, especially when you leave is, train hard! Train hard! You know, videos, whatever, are personal. Train hard! Well, this passage here is saying, "Train hard in terms of living for Jesus." You know, First uh, Timothy four eight, bodily discipline is of little profit, but godliness for this age and the age to come. And so, this passage here is saying, "Yes, train hard, but train hard by actively listening to the sermon." And thinking through its implications, so when you're in a difficult situation, you know how to behave. For example, there are many different scenarios that we go through in life. But perhaps, these are, I'll narrow it down just a couple, Should a believer marry an unbeliever? Well, if you've listened to the Word of God and you think through its applications and implications, then you're going to know that you should marry only in the Lord. You should marry only in the Lord. If you're working for your boss and your boss tells you to do something that's wrong, maybe like lie, should you lie? Your boss told you and authority told you to lie. And if you don't lie, you could get in trouble. Do you lie? Well, God's word is clear. Lying is sin. And so the more that we know the word and difficult, tricky situations, the word will give us guidance on how we are to behave. A, a baby might stick their fork in the electrical outlet, but a mature person would not. A mature believer isn't going to marry a uh, non-believer, but an immature believer has at times married unbelievers. And then there's a lot of problems in their marriage. It ends up being a difficult, very hard marriage. A toddler might eat a stick of colored chalk. A mature person would not do that, but... an infantile Christian husband might tell his wife, Submit to me, woman! I'm the Lord of the house. The Bible says so. Ephesians 5, verse 25. Whereas the mature husband is going to serve his wife. So God's word, verse 14, 13 through 14 Helps us to understand that a mature Christian, man or woman, not perfect, but mature, they listen to the Word of God, they discern it, they digest it, they seek to apply it. It gives them wisdom how to make decisions in these difficult situations of life. Not not perfect, but because they're actively listening, because they're not behaving like a baby, but, actively, but actually listening digesting, receiving, following its implications, working it out in their life, then that gives them the ability to discern between good and evil. Lazy ears leads to lazy obedience to the word. Lazy ears leads to lazy obedience to the word. Lazy obedience to the word, if we're not careful... It could cause you to walk away from the faith. Yes, if you're saved, Philippians 1-6, he that began a good work in you will perfect it until that day. But that's worked out by you growing up. Grow up! That's what this word says. Now, just very quickly, I'm going to give you some ways to be sure that you can actively listen to the word. Whoever's preaching, just very quickly. You can write these down. Maybe just choose one or two of them as I give them. Okay? This will be quick. Number one, try to get some sleep. Sleep on Saturday night if you can. Number two, pray. Lord, keep me awake when Tom's preaching. He's almost at 50 minutes. Keep me awake. Number three, take notes. Now, I say take notes. Please take notes. But there are some people uh, that I know that never take notes, and if they took notes, it wouldn't work for them. I know one person, here's how he thinks through a sermon. Nobody here. But he's one of the most intelligent uh, uh, person I know that is a deep thinker thinking through the sermon, but you would never know he's listening. He's going... If it helps you, take notes. Do something to help you to, to stay awake and to focus. Stand up. Stand up. If you get sleepy, I understand. Somebody giving a, a, a monologue for 50 minutes, stand up. Go, go in the back and stand up. I'll be more offended if you fall asleep than if you get up and stand up in the back. Right? So stand up and, and go to the back. Don't do it right now. We're almost done. <laughs> Number five. Ask yourself, what should I learn? What, what can I learn? Is there anything I can learn from this sermon? Is there anything I can learn from the text of God's word? What do I need to change? What do I need to change in my life that the Bible, the Bible, and not forget about the preacher, what does this text say that I need to change in my life? What do I need to give thanks for? Lord, is there anything in this passage I need to give thanks for? Lord, I thank you for your word. Thank you for being concerned that I should grow up. You're concerned that I don't put myself in a dangerous position. Thank you, Lord. Another one is, what do I need to confess? So before the sermon, Lord, I pray, show me what sin I need to confess. I'm a sinner. I'm a saint, but I sin. I'm a sinning saint. Lord, help me. Nine, praise the Lord. What is there something that you can praise God for? I'm sure there's something in the passage that you can praise him for. So those are just some quick ways that that you can rouse yourself up to, to hear any sermon. But in summary, grow up by listening and welcoming the word of God into your heart. It's not right to stay a baby Christian. Grow up. Lord, we thank you for your word. Thank you for giving us, including me, this challenge this morning for us to, to grow up and to first become actively listening to the word, whether it's in our own study or whether it's through the preaching and teaching of your word. Lord, may we actively engage what is being taught, not just to add it to our theological bucket, but rather to be equipped to know you and to live for you better today. Lord, thank you for being with us. Give us your grace, Lord, for Christ's sake. Amen.